Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. We know that often at Christmas time, we could be commercializing the message of Christmas so, so very easily as part of our culture. But I think the story, Christmas, the Christ child, through the eyes of the wise men, will help us to see Christmas the way God wants us to see it, to recognize that his story is the greatest story And that story is given to us through the eyes of the wise men. As you likely gather, today's edition of Voice of Faith is a special one. Christmas many times can lose meaning because of all the things that it entails. From gift wrapping to planning family dinners, it can be a hectic time of year. Today, Pastor Ed is joined in the studio with special guest Annie Fokel, Annie Fokel is a member at Faith Assembly. She's authored a wonderful book about the Christmas story through the eyes of the three wise men that we know you will be very blessed to experience. Now, here's Pastor Ed and special guest Annie Fokel with today's edition of Voice of Faith. Welcome to the Voice of Faith. Now, generally, you will hear a tape message and In the month of December, we've been focusing in the latter part on Advent. But today, Christmas, I thought it would be very special to hear a Christmas story. One of the uh, women in our church, Annie Fogel, went on a journey, a journey of actually writing a book. It's just been completed, The Journey to Faith Through the Eyes of the Wise Men. How did you start on this journey of writing a book about the wise men. Uh, My children have had the same fourth grade teacher. It's pretty interesting. And she knows that I celebrate Three Kings Day. So a couple of years ago, she was having parents come into school and share about the various traditions that the culture celebrated in the months of November, December, and January. And so she asked me if I wanted to share about El Dia de los Reyes. And I said, absolutely, no problem. I figured all I had to do was get a book, you know, read them a story, tell them a little bit of what we do. But it didn't turn out that way. I could not find a book. I searched on Google. I went to Barnes & Noble, CBD.com. I didn't expect to find a book on our tradition written in the English language, but I did expect to find a book on the wise men. And so... I didn't want to give up, and I ended up just sitting down and coming up with this little story, getting some pictures off the internet, and I shared the story with the class, and that's that's it. I wasn't going to do anything with it. I put it away for a couple of years, and a couple of years later, I, we have a book. Well, Annie, you have to remember, you're speaking to an Anglo. <laughs> what in the world is this tradition that you're talking about? It's a really neat tradition. El Dia de los Reyes, Three Kings Day, is really the climax of the holiday season for Hispanics. It's basically the day where everyone would receive their gifts. Now, it's changed over the years. It's not exactly the same anymore. But what we do is on the night before, we leave out some hay and water, and the kids go to bed expecting that the wise men will come visit them that night, and they'll find a gift by their bed. You know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is really the focus is Jesus, Jesus's birth, and, you know, time with the family. But it really was never about the gifts. The gifts was always on January 6th. So I brought a little bit of that into my family's uh, life here because my husband's also an American, so he had no clue what that was. And um, the teacher had wanted me to share, and that's how this whole story came about. 
Well, it really is an exciting story. And I know you've told the story in our school, in our children's ministries, and really in the community. And you've been doing that, sharing the story mm-hmm. uh, beyond that schoolroom. That, that's where it all began. Yes. And today I know on the broadcast you're going to be sharing in just a few moments a portion of the book yes. that's going to be sort of condensed in the story. But you use the term historical fiction. That's the term you use for the book. That's the term you use for the story. What do you mean by historical fiction? Well, what I mean is we know that the wise men came to visit Jesus. We know that Jesus was born. We know that they knew he was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah, that they arrived in Bethlehem, that they bowed down before him, acknowledged him for who he was, and presented gifts to them, uh, to him. Excuse me. We also know that they met with Herod. They, we know that God spoke to them in a dream not to return to Herod. So we know those are facts. And so that's the historical portion of the book, truths that cannot be denied. The fiction comes in when we kind of try to think of what they may have experienced. When we ponder that story and we try to fill in the blanks, what struggles may they have faced? What doubts haunted them? What obstacles did they face? You know, was this an easy journey? What kind of journey was it? And so this is the fictional part of the story. We know that often at Christmas time, we could be commercializing the message of Christmas so, so very easily. It's part of our culture. But I think the story, Christmas, the Christ child, through the eyes of the wise men, will help us to see Christmas the way God wants us to see it, to recognize that his story is the greatest story, and that story is given to us through the eyes of the wise men. Will you tell us the Christmas story? Absolutely. Christmas, the most wonderful time of the year is coming. For most of us, the joy of Christmas centers around the presents, the time spent with family, oh, and the amazing feast. <laughs> I love the feast. But, but not for me. Yes, I love and enjoy those moments. But the joy, wonder, beauty, and the awe of Christmas was and always will be my encounter with Jesus. See, I saw him, I touched him, I I heard him, and I even held him in my arms. No, I'm not Joseph, his earthly father, nor Mary, his earthly mother. My name is Melchior. I am one of the three wise men who followed his star. We were among the very few who knew about Jesus' birth, and the fewer still who saw him with our very own eyes. Our story is briefly mentioned every Christmas season. Everyone knows we came from the East and that we brought him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But that's not the entire story. Rather, it is the end of our story. There is so much more to it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever wondered who we were, where we came from, or how we knew of Jesus' birth and the significance of it? Even I, Melchior, have wondered how we, of all people, came to know and understand who Jesus is when we were not the chosen, yet we did. While his own people, the chosen, 
did not. You may be wondering, as we have, how that could be. Believe it or not, the answer to that question is easier than you may think. Faith. Faith is the answer. Yes, you heard me correctly. It's as simple as faith. We knew because we dared to believe and dared to trust God and His Word. We believed in the promiser and the promise. And when the promise did not look like we had hoped it would and did not come when we expected it to, we trusted His character instead of what we saw. Yes, I know. I know what you're thinking. This is easier said than done. But that's why we need faith. That was also the reason most of his people missed his birth, and we did not. They focused only on the promise and how they believed it would be fulfilled, which was based on what they wanted. In other words, their faith was on the fulfillment of the promise in the way that they wanted it, and not on the author of the promise, God. Nonetheless, God in his faithfulness still fulfilled his promise to his people based on what he knew we needed and his unfathomable love for us. Oh, what love. You know, it all started about 15 years before the birth of Jesus. I was in the palace library doing research for the king of that time when some scrolls fell on my head. Oh, what a mess I made that day. I had searched through that library many times before and had never come across those scrolls. Intrigued, I opened the scroll and recognized that it belonged to the Jewish people Babylon had taken captive. Oh, my Hebrew was a little rusty, but what happened next is a moment I will never, ever forget. For it sparked a fire in the depths of my soul that still burns today. I began to read the words I later learned were written by Isaiah, the prophet. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. As I read those words, it was as though I could hear the voice of God speaking directly to me. I, I felt something like, like a sword pierced through my heart, reaching and stirring the depths of my soul. His word was, was alive. It, it had power and ignited an insatiable passion for him, one that still consumes my very being. Oh, that night the air in the room changed, and I was no longer alone in that library. His presence consumed the room in fear, awe, and wonder. I fell to my knees and I said, If you teach me, I will listen. And where you lead me, I will follow. I was never, never the same. Who was this Holy One of Israel? I wondered. I... I and, 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 and what? What could he be redeeming me of? The gods I knew were gods made of stone, metal, and wood. They, they didn't talk. 
they they could do nothing. I never saw them do anything. Yet this God had no image, and yet he spoke. <sighs> I needed to know more. I wanted to know more. But how? The scrolls, of course. I knew I would find the answers in the scrolls. I had to find more. I searched the library for months. I turned it upside down and inside out. And God in his faithfulness was so good to me. I found many more. I read and studied them every moment I had and came to understand that those scrolls were the very words of God. I didn't notice at first, but over time as I studied, meditated, and read on those scrolls, something inside me began to change. A hope, peace, and joy I had never known consumed my very being. I learned that the God of the universe loved me and desired to know me, Melchior, an ordinary man. That truth birthed new life into me. The fears I had previously struggled with for so long disappeared. The pain in my heart was now gone, and in its place was this amazing, amazing, fulfilling, satisfying joy. Oh, I knew that God was with me and that he would never leave me. I felt safe and secure for the first time in my life. Yeah, I felt safe and loved. Months later, I shared my story with Balthazar and Gaspar, friends of mine who are also wise men for the king. They joined me in studying and searching for Jesus' star to rise. Those years were very difficult. See, Gaspar didn't believe, though he really wanted to. He longed to feel the love of God he read about in those scrolls and experience God the way Balthazar and I did. But he just couldn't. See, down deep inside, he thought it was too good to be true. And although he studied and searched with us, he always sowed more doubt into his heart and sometimes into ours. Those doubts really took hold of us as the years went by. Fifteen long years came and went. And still, no star. Gaspar began to think I was crazy. I thought I was crazy. I even doubted. I wondered if I had misunderstood the scrolls or if I had missed the star. And although Balthazar and I struggled with our doubts, there was something inside of us that would not let us give up. Looking back, I now know it was God's faithfulness to us. Well, one night, Gaspar had had enough. He said he wasn't going to waste any more of his time trying to prove this fairy tale true. That's what he called it, a fairy tale, as he stormed out of my house. Yet, in the midst of all the chaos and doubt, the most amazing thing happened. That was the very night, the star, the star we had been waiting for for almost 15 years, lit up the night sky like the noonday sun. Oh, it was the most beautiful sight we had ever seen. 
Needless to say, Gaspar came running back that night, for he also had seen the star. Excited and bursting with joy, he recounted how he almost missed the very thing he was looking for because of his doubt and unbelief. Gaspar, and actually so did we, we all realized that night that the reason he couldn't believe was because he did not have faith. That night, Gaspar received the gift of faith, and he was able to believe God and his word. Can you see God's faithfulness to our searching, to our seeking? Even though we struggled, and even though we battled with doubt, he didn't hold that against us. At just the right time, when there was nothing left inside of us, he showed us the way, and the star rose. Oh, that was an amazing night. It was the first of more to come, but not before facing some dreadful and unanticipated struggles that would challenge the very truth our eyes had already seen. The journey to Israel took us more time than we had expected. The 14-month travail stripped us of our joy and made us so weary. Our journey through the desert proved to be a great hardship. There were days we ran out of water before finding an oasis or a well. On one occasion, we ran out of food days before reaching a trading post. With the unrelenting, scorching sun by day and the cold nights before us, raiders and sandstorms plaguing us, the thought of giving us haunted us. We constantly battled doubt and fear, insecurity, and despair, especially after the dreadful sandstorm when we lost some of our men. That was the biggest sandstorm we had ever seen. We lost half of our supplies and numerous animals. Many of our men were wounded and many became sick, including me. That storm set us back almost two weeks and sowed fear and doubt into the hearts of our men traveling with us. Months later, Gaspar almost died from a snake bite. The trials were so many. The struggles seemed to never cease, and doubt continued to taunt us. But our desire to see the Messiah was still greater than all of those struggles, difficulties, and losses. Faith. Faith got us through. I have to admit, those years felt eternal and were by far the most difficult years of my life. Yet, ironically, those were also some of the most wonderful times with God. See, those difficulties, struggles, and pain were opportunities to know and encounter God in a deeper and more rewarding way. We came to know His heart and love for us, and experienced his unchanging character firsthand. Looking back, I can tell you that everything we went through was all worth it. Jesus was worth it.
seeing him, hearing him, touching him, holding him, walking with him, playing with him. It was all worth it. I encourage you. Will you be like us, the wise men? Will you pursue God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, regardless of the struggles, obstacles, and doubts you face? Will you travel through the desert road set before you to see the dreams and the desires he has hidden in your heart fulfilled? Will you dare to believe and take the journey to faith? I know it'll be worth it. Jesus is always worth it. Well, that was powerful. I really was touched by the story of the wise men, and I, and I know that uh, it came from the depths of your heart. I Now, I know the story came out of a book that you wrote. Could you share about this book? Yes. The book is entitled Journey to Faith Through the Eyes of the Wise Men, and it goes into detail about their lives, their struggle, the mocking, the the skepticism. You know, we have Gaspar, who's a total cynic in the beginning of the story. We have Balthazar, who may be a little unsure, but believes and treads along and takes that step of faith. And then we have Melchior, who has a life-changing encounter with God. And then their story through the desert, the different obstacles that they face, then their arrival into Jerusalem, and they're surprised that no one is aware that Jesus was born. You know, their, their conversation with Herod and ultimately their encounter with Jesus. And I didn't go into that. I'm hoping that we've wet your appetite enough to read the story. But when they encounter this little toddler and their moment with Jesus and Mary and Joseph is, is probably my favorite part of the book. Always after Christmas or right at Christmas time. We're preparing for next year's Christmas. Right. <laughs> you know, you wind up going to the store and maybe getting some Christmas gifts or Christmas decorations for next year. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, if you want to develop a good tradition, a family tradition, maybe telling the stories of Scripture at Christmas time, consider purchasing the book. And, and Annie, where can we go to purchase your book? Well, the book can be purchased in various uh, sites. Right now, you can get it from my website, which is journeytofaithbook.com. It's also available at Amazon, and it's available at barnesandnoble.com as well. 20% of the proceeds of this book will always go towards missions. This year, they're going to printing Bibles in Ecuador in Quechua, I believe is how you say it. And it's a, it's a native language and um, group of missionaries have spent more than 14 years translating the Bible, creating this written language for them, and now they have no money to actually print the Bibles. And so I partnered with them with this book to try to get as many Bibles printed for them in the coming months. So actually in purchasing the book, they'll be blessing their family, but they'll be blessing families across the seas, yes. around the world to hear the gospel, and to hear about Jesus. Absolutely. Annie, thank you for being on The Voice of Faith, and uh, may God bless you as you continue the work and serve the Lord. Thank you for having me. 
We've all heard the cliche phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. But the question is this, is he? Is Jesus the center of your life? Or is Christmas just one of the two times during the year that you visit the church? Are you a part of the body of Christ? During the Christmas season, there are many opportunities to stop and reflect on the greatest gift of all. But like all gifts, it's only enjoyed when you receive it. The important part of this season is being sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Are you ready for the King? Have you received the upward call? We'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Dr. Jones and the entire congregation at Faith Assembly would like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.